This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset Podcast. I hope you are well and having a good week so far. Mine has been super busy. In fact, it's the past few weeks that have been busy with my free challenge happening and then welcoming new members into the paid membership level of the sanctuary when it was open for just a few days. So if you have found this podcast through either of those ways, welcome. It's really lovely to have you with us and I hope you find these episodes every week interesting, supportive and I hope encouraging too. Now today I have a different kind of episode to share with you. It's a recording of a talk from a few years ago that I gave at an online event I held which focused on fertility at 40 plus. This talk I'm going to share with you is titled The Three Ways Your Mindset Can Optimise Your Fertility at 40 plus. And I think you'll find this way of working with your mind useful no matter what your age is. So I hope you enjoy listening and get some ideas here on how to really support your mind and your emotional well-being while you're trying for your baby. I'm going to be talking about the three ways your mindset can optimise your fertility at 40 plus. Now, the mindset and even emotional health and well-being, to be honest, is often ignored or or sidelined on a fertility journey in favor of focusing on, you know, the more physical, the more obvious aspects of fertility. And, And this is really understandable because the focus within your fertility clinic and with your doctor is on your physical health, isn't it? It's on your hormone balance, your hormone profile, the health of your reproductive system, looking at your uh, your womb, your ovaries and so on. Um, they may well look at your menstrual cycle and it's all very much looking at the physical aspects of your fertility. And how often, if ever, have you been asked about your emotional well-being within your fertility assessments? It might be something that hasn't really been addressed beyond, you know, perhaps they've looked at stress management or something like that. Now, I truly believe that the emotional aspects of your fertility are vital, and I feel that we do need to work in conjunction um, with, with the emotional aspects in conjunction with the physical aspects to give you the best chance of a successful conception and a healthy pregnancy, and I'm hopefully going to make it clearer during this presentation as to why I believe that to be true and, and the reasons why it is true. Um, there are many, many ways that you can work with your emotions. Each one of you listening in, each one of you thousands of people listening in today have your own unique journey, your own unique situation. There will be no two that are the same. And therefore, the emotional issues that you're dealing with and your priorities are unique as well. Um, However, I feel that there are some key areas which I believe most will benefit from addressing. And these are the ones that I'm going to um, share with you today. So we're looking at three ways that your mindset can optimize your fertility. The first one we're going to be looking at is recognizing and addressing any beliefs that you have which could be impacting on your fertility. And we'll talk about how how they could be impacting as well. 
The second one will be finding a way to explore your fertility options and possible paths to parenthood with ease and clarity. And the third will be, um, we'll lastly be looking at how extreme stress management could be the best thing you do for your fertility. Then we'll also be sharing how to address these issues and the one tool for change I recommend. So let's start with beliefs. So recognizing, addressing any beliefs you have which and how they could be impacting on your fertility. So thinking about beliefs, well, Beliefs are really collected throughout our lives. You know, often they're collected very early on in life. Um, often they say before the age of eight is when we're at our most impressionable, when we really take on beliefs to be truths in our lives, even if they're not necessarily true. Um, and some of these beliefs that we've collected are very useful, but many of them are not. Um, and we've just collected them from other people, from situations that were appropriate at the time, and we've taken those beliefs on to be our own. And it's worth looking at any beliefs that you're holding on to that you don't feel are useful. Um, beliefs like, I don't believe I'll ever get pregnant, or I don't think I'm going to be a good mother. You know, if you have some beliefs that you feel are very limiting or negative, listen to how they sound when you say them to yourself. Whose voice are they in? Are they in your own voice or are you hearing somebody else um, speaking those beliefs to you? Is it perhaps the voice of your doctor or your parent or somebody else, you know, that, that instilled that belief in you? And is it a useful belief? Um, is it serving a relevant purpose now? Uh, I was reading a blog just yesterday by Anya Sizer, the wonderful fertility coach at London Women's Clinic. And it's, it was, I was preparing for this and it was so timely because she blogged about beliefs and fertility. Um, and you can read the blog at londonwomensclinic.com. Now, Anya went through lots of steps there about clearing beliefs and why it's important to do so. And one part that really stood out for me, she called it the three question challenge. And it's three questions to ask about these beliefs, to start challenging them and seeing whether they are actually useful to you or needed or, in fact, true. So the first question is, is this belief true? The second one is, is it, is it helpful to me? And the third is, is it helpful to anyone else? And with those questions, we can start to challenge beliefs and find out whether they are really needed or not. And if a belief isn't needed, then I would recommend that it's cleared. And we'll be talking soon about how we can easily do that and how we can effectively do that, most importantly. So why do we collect these beliefs, you know, that may not be useful to us? Well, they're often collected at a point of trauma in our life or a significant event. Um, it's at a point of us experiencing that trauma, even if it seems like a relatively small trauma, that we, we make a promise or a vow to ourselves um, and we take that belief on. And it might be something like, I will never do that or I will never believe that. I'll never put myself in that vulnerable position again. Um, like, for example, when we're talking about beliefs about whether we will get pregnant, there might be a, a, an appointment that you had with a doctor where they gave you some very bad news or painted a very bleak picture. And at that point, that belief was instilled of, well, I just don't believe this can ever happen. Um, and that has stayed with you very strongly because you were at a very vulnerable place when that information was delivered to you. So what it's worth looking at with beliefs alongside, you know, the questions that Anya suggested there is to... Discover for yourself, is this belief based on fact or is it based on fear? What, what's the root of that belief that you have? 
And as we said before, you know, key ones for you at the moment may be, you know, how you are feeling about your fertility. What are your beliefs that you're holding on to about your fertility? When you, you're trying to conceive each month or you're trying to conceive through fertility treatment, what are you saying to yourself and talking to yourself about, you know, about the chances of success and whether this will work out? And what, how do you feel about the, your chance of um, getting pregnant and staying pregnant? You may have found, that, as I said before, that these beliefs have come in from, say, your doctor, from your friends giving well-meaning but much unwanted advice about your fertility or even from the media. We know how influential um, the media can be when it's around us every day, online, on the television, in print, and we're hearing messages about fertility at 40 plus all the time. And perhaps even subconsciously you've taken on those beliefs and you didn't realize how strongly you were being influenced by everything around you and you haven't actually based those feelings on fact so a belief might be for example i'm over 40 so therefore i don't believe i can get pregnant because i'm hearing that message so often everybody's saying it therefore it must be true and then you'll be finding that you're living your life and making your decisions and moving forward trying to conceive your baby all powered by that belief which is that you don't believe you can get pregnant now i feel it is really important to clear beliefs um and the reason I think this is so important and why it's the first you know, one that I wanted to mention here to you is that it stops you really being able to assess the facts of the situation. So like we said, you might have taken on this kind of subconscious belief due to the influence of the media and doctors and friends and statistic tables and so on that because I'm over 40, I don't believe I can get pregnant or some variation of that. But you haven't actually been looking at the facts for you individually. Um, you may not, for example, have been noticing that your menstrual cycle is still very healthy and that you're ovulating regularly. Um, you may not have you know, really looked and assessed your um, hormone test in detail and realized that actually the levels that you're showing are you know, completely within range or even better than would be expected for your age. Um, and you might not also be recognizing you know, the other things that you are doing to boost your fertility or that you're planning to do to boost your fertility beyond the average 40-plus-year-old. Um, for example, you might eat an, a, an exceptionally healthy diet. You might be completely organic. Um, you know, there may be many other things that you're doing to really support and boost your fertility that don't put you in that general bracket that the media is talking about. Um, and also, not only do we need to look at the facts, instead of just these instilled beliefs, but we also, I feel at this point in time, need to be really open to all the possibilities and all the opportunities that are out there. And while we're stuck in a state of negative thinking, limiting beliefs, you know, that belief perhaps of, well, I just don't believe I can get pregnant, then we can stay really stuck and not even recognize those possibilities and opportunities that could well be in front of us. So also it's worth thinking about your journey ahead. What, what goes on next, you know, after you get pregnant? Um, thinking about what kind of parent you'll be. Um, come stepping back a bit, thinking about what kind of pregnancy you might have. You may well also have taken on a belief that because you're over 40, you're going to have a very high-risk pregnancy and you feel very sure that your child will um, have certain health conditions or perhaps you'll have a difficult pregnancy or childbirth will be more difficult for you and so on. 
recognize if you if you are holding on to beliefs like that because they may well not be based in fact for you they may just be um instilled through you know general messaging that you've heard and and general messages that have come into you and the truth is if you have never you know given birth for example you don't actually know what kind of pregnancy or birth you are going to have i worked recently um with a woman i believe she was 42 and 43 when she gave birth to her baby who was conceived naturally um and she had real real fears about childbirth um, and really worried that it was going to be a traumatic experience and that her body wouldn't be able to cope and so on. We managed to clear those fears so she could get back to a place of just open to every possibility. She didn't, you know, have the kind of um, opposite belief that absolutely everything was going to be fine and there will be no problem. She was just in a neutral place, a neutral place of, well, I'm preparing myself for pregnancy and childbirth. I'm open to every possibility and I trust my body to be able to go through the process of childbirth um, and, you know, keep me safe and keep the baby safe and so on. And she did go on to have a very relaxing and short childbirth and, and a very pain, pain-free and pain-minimized childbirth, which she didn't expect at all at the start. So um, we know that clearing beliefs and clearing negative thinking really does open us to every opportunity rather than keep us stuck in that one train of thinking. Beliefs that are founded on fear, you know, if you have a belief that has um, been instilled with you um, because of fear, you know, a fear that I won't get pregnant, a fear that I've left it too late and so on, then they in, in themselves can create more fear. You know, recognize that cycle happening, that if a, fear was, if a belief was founded on fear, it can then instill even more fear. So stepping in to break that cycle, to switch that belief and become more open is, is definitely a very supportive thing to do on your fertility journey. And once we've cleared beliefs, um, you know, it's it's really interesting to see how your perspective changes. So be curious, question what, you know, you, your beliefs are, what you'd notice being said um, at key points in your cycle while you're trying to conceive, make some notes and see what you can do to turn that around, which is something that we are going to talk about towards the end of this call. So number two, um, we're looking at exploring options and to help reduce overwhelm and increase clarity. Now, you may be at the stage on your fertility journey of thinking about your options, um, thinking about what your options are for treatment, um, what you may perhaps consider alongside um, trying to conceive naturally. It may be that you're looking at natural fertility support. It may be that you're looking to, um, you know, try Chinese herbs or nutrition or acupuncture or something like that to support your, your fertility naturally. Um, that's something I see as an extremely popular option in the 40-plus category, and it's something that seems to have a very high success rate as well, um, more often so than IVF treatment. So I, I'm seeing more often now women going towards, you know, that natural fertility support, especially within the team I work in with, Andrew Loosley at naturalfertilityexpert.com. So that's one option you may be considering. Um, you may also be looking at potentially having IVF with your own eggs, or you may be looking at IVF with donor eggs, um, or any other treatment options or, or combination of them. Um, and you might also be questioning as well at this point of, well, how much longer am I going to try to conceive? How many more months or years will I stay on this path? And when I feel like I've got to the end of this particular path, are there other um, routes to parenthood that I would consider? 
Would I consider surrogacy? Would I consider adoption or fostering? Or would I feel more comfortable um, looking towards a child-free life? That's a lot to think about. You know, even as I just go through those options briefly, you might have all sorts of thoughts whirring around in your head or you might even be trying to avoid thinking about those because it just feels too overwhelming and too much. Um, and add into that that you might well feel under pressure and, you know, due to time and, and feeling rushed into making decisions. And all of that, you know, all of those decisions, all of those options, all of the feeling of pressure and, and being rushed can lead to a complete state of overwhelm. It can lead to confusion. And you might be at a point where actually no decision and no option feels truly right to you. So you don't know what to explore and what to look at because nothing feels right. What I would say is not to make any decisions about your options, about your path to parenthood from this place. You know, if you're in that panicked, overwhelmed, confused state and nothing feels right, try to avoid making a decision from that point. Um, even if you feel like you're under pressure, you know, your clinic's saying, well, you need to decide about IVF within the next couple of months. Um, you know, we're, we're concerned about your egg reserve or whatever else. I would really avoid, you know, being pushed into making a decision if it doesn't feel right for you. That doesn't mean you have to delay the decision making, you know, too long. If you know that time is actually a really relevant issue for you, which of course it well may be, um, that doesn't mean, well, you've got to wait, you know, many months or even years to, to get to a decision. Absolutely not. What you need to do is to find an effective way to deal with this overwhelm, to help you um, increase your clarity and be able to assess those options and make decisions from a different place, from a place of clarity, um, from a place of connecting with your truth and your own inner guidance and intuition so that you know you're making the right decision to the best of your knowledge at the point you are in your journey. And if you don't do that, if you end up making decisions out of fear and through being rushed and overwhelmed, and I, I speak from experience of seeing people go through this, you know, you may well later down the line regret that decision that you made, you know, knowing that it wasn't actually right for you. It's just something you felt kind of pushed into. So I think it is worth, you know, taking that time to explore the options, addressing the fears and concerns you may have, and really get to a point of gaining clarity, as much clarity as you can. And you will know, you know, it's so individual to you. You will know when you're at that place, when you're at that more comfortable place where you feel back in control of your decision making. It's not like it's being, um, you know, happening to you. It's something that you are in control of. And I've seen that transformation in so many women and couples now, and it's a wonderful thing to see. You know, they may well start off feeling extremely overwhelmed. And I've got two two particular women that are popping into my mind as I'm saying this, where they both of them were on a similar path where they were both considering egg donor, egg donor treatment. Um, and for both of them, it had been suggested by a doctor and it was, you know, you really need to look at this um, and we want you to decide if this is what you're doing. And it had shocked them. You know, it wasn't something that they'd considered. They thought they'd be able to continue um, having IVF using their own eggs. But here suddenly they were presented with the only option, you know, that was that was available to them on, from the medical perspective. Um and, yeah, as you can imagine, especially if any of you have been there, all sorts of thoughts and worries and issues and moral issues and legal issues and all sorts of things can come up, and financial, of course, as well, um, when you think about donor egg IVF. Um, 
and their instant reaction was to say no or to just rush ahead and not think about it, you know, one extreme or the other, just kind of make that decision quickly and, and get on with this. Um, however, taking just a little bit of time, we're not talking about, say, you know, weeks or months, but just a, a little bit of time to work through those thoughts, those fears, help them both in their own unique ways get to a position of clarity and reju reduced fear and feeling comfortable for each of them to go down the donor route um, and it was interesting, you know, those two women and all of the women I've worked with similar issues here, the, the concerns, the fears, the worries about a, an option like donor egg treatment um, are individual, so they each had their own journeys, but we could apply the same techniques, the same approach, and help them get back to their own truth, you know, whether or not this was comfortable for them. Um, and for both of them in this occasion it was. Um, they were very happy then to go ahead and begin um, donor treatment. They quickly, you know, went ahead through the system chose the donors um, and both of them conceived first time um, with their, their chosen donor um, feeling very comfortable with the pregnancy and very pleased that they'd made that decision it just felt right to them you know whereas another woman may well do that work and find out that it didn't feel right um, and that's individual and that's unique and she would feel just as comfortable you know having made that decision um, so if you're in that place of kind of confusion and not sure and which way should I go and what should, what should our next options be I would recommend rather than you know, making that decision out of a place of fear to take the time, use the techniques, which we'll talk about shortly, and get to a place of clarity, putting you back in control of your decisions um, and helping you feel comfortable on this journey because that is, to be honest, my first priority. You know, whenever I work with women and couples, yes, I'm looking to help them conceive their babies. We're looking to help them get pregnant and support them on that journey. But the first priority is them, is that person sitting in front of me, sitting in front of me on Skype, on the end of a phone or however I'm working with them, is to look after them first and support them first. And it's about your experience as you go through this. And then we can also help support you to conceive your baby. But do remember to put yourself first in your comfort and your experience on this journey. And once you're in that place, you know, of feeling a bit more comfortable about possible options that are out there, whether, say, that's donor treatment, IVF, natural support, adoption, whatever it might be, they may well be on the back burner for a while. It might not be something you're going to, you know, go to straight away. And if that's the case, if you're still pursuing your current path, you know, actually we're going to stay on this route to, to see if we can create our family this way before we look at those options, then it does help you be able to focus more clearly and, you know, more um, um, directly on that path, you know, and really give it your all rather than worrying and fearing about, well, what's the next step going to be? You know, you're, you've got that clear, you feel comfortable about your next options, therefore you can divert your attention back to exactly where you are in the moment, giving your best to this particular path you're on right now. So that's exploring options and, and why I think it's important to address the mindset aspects there. On to our third and final point, which is extreme stress management. Now, stress management is the main reason that most people contact me for one-to-one -one support. It's the main reason they send me that email and say, look, I've got to a point where I've realized that I really do need some support. Um, they may be feeling you know, very high stress levels. It's impacting on many areas of their life um, and they want it to change and actually they tell me it must change. You know, They can't even perhaps imagine staying on this fertility journey while they're so stressed. 
But why is this important for fertility? You know, like we're saying, look after yourself first. That's important. Um, but how can it have a, a knock-on impact on your fertility? Well, we know the impact of stress on our health, don't we? You know, that's widely reported and recognized now. And you probably notice it yourself in tangible ways that when you're stressed, you notice your health suffer also. And of course, if we're looking at the gen impact of stress on our general health, um, of course, it's going to impact on our reproductive health as well, which is just one system within our body. And of course, you know, our reproduction is is um, is managed by many systems in our body as well, our endocrine system, our reproductive system, our digestive system, everything has a part there. And if we're looking at our hormonal balance, um, we know also that there's a the negative effect of cortisol, um, increased cortisol in the bloodstream can delay ovulation. Um, it's fully recognized that, you know, if you miss a period and you're not pregnant, we look to see, has there been a major stress? Has there been a trauma going on in this woman's life? So uh, we know already that the, the impact of stress can be very negative on our overall health, well-being, and therefore our reproductive health and our fertility and hormonal balance. Now, what I'm talking about here is recommending to you extreme stress management. Now, what does that mean? Um, it's not as scary as it sounds, believe me. It's not some kind of boot camp for, for stress management or anything like that. Um, what I mean here is addressing every stress trigger in your life, or as many as you possibly can, and especially the smaller ones, you know, the ones that you might usually ignore. When people come to me, say, for one-to-one -one support, and they're saying, right, it's stress management I want to look at, They'll often think, well, what I'm going to be dealing with is the stress of not being able to conceive or the stress of my IVF cycle or, you know, whatever else that is directly involved in their fertility journey and they're trying to conceive. And that's right. You know, we may well address those if it's, you know, the key areas to look at and that's what we decide to do. However, I do always think it's worth looking at say, the, the smaller stress triggers. Now, I'll explain why. Um, what I'd be looking at here is, you know, what are the daily niggles? What are the kind of always there um, stress triggers? It might be work stress. It might be financial stress. It might be um, conflict with members of your family. It could be anything at all that's kind of underlying stress that seems to always be there at one level or another. Those kind of niggles that don't seem perhaps that serious but are bothering you and are stressing you and making you anxious and, and worried or whatever else. Why I think it's a good reason to address those as well as say the bigger issues, you know, the bigger stuff that's going on, um, is because it really pays to reduce your general stress load. You know, the, the kind of things that you're taking on on a daily basis in your life that are in, altogether increasing your stress levels. If you manage to sort out all those, those small kind of niggly things, um, literally if you work on all the different things at work, for example, you know, if you address all of those, you become less stressed during your working day, which for many of us, you know, work takes up a big part of our lives. So if you can feel less stressed at work, then that's going to create a significant impact on your overall stress levels. But if that's if your general stress load is reduced, you'll find that you're more able then to manage when bigger challenges come in. So, you know, it might be you're navigating this fertility journey and we know there's lots of twists and turns along the way. You don't always know exactly what's going to come next. And say, you know, you hit a bit of a roadblock. You receive, for example, some test results that 
aren't what you hoped and they've really changed your options and really made you look at your fertility differently. Or perhaps you're navigating your IVF cycle and you're coming towards the two-week wait and you're noticing symptoms like your period's coming and you're feeling very overwhelmed and stressed at that stage. Now, if you're already in a place of feeling overwhelmed by stress and you know all the little niggly things bothering you, you won't have much capacity left to be able to deal with the challenges when they come in. You really won't. You know, you'll get to a point of feeling very overwhelmed and, and you know, at breaking point often. Whereas if you've managed to do some really good extreme stress management, you know, really good looking after yourself, self-care throughout the weeks and the months leading up to an IVF cycle, for example, when that cycle comes and you're facing, you know, the challenges and the things that happen along the way, you'll you'll be able to cope much more easily because you'll have those resources available to you. You'll know you'll have a little bit of um, energy left to be able to deal with challenges as they arise. And of course, this comes back to clarity again, as we were just talking about. You know, the less overwhelmed and stressed your mind is, the less thoughts you have buzzing around there, the calmer it feels the greater clarity you'll be able to achieve as well, which I think is such a useful a useful thing to have on a fertility journey. And of course, by reducing stress, um, you know, looking after yourself in that way, you'll in turn not only be supporting yourself, but supporting the relationship you're in as well, um, and supporting yourself and both of you as you go towards um, pregnancy and becoming a parent and preparing yourself for that adventure of parenthood. So I do think that stress management, which you've probably already thought, yes, that's important for me, make it one of your priorities for for all of those reasons and more. Um, I really would recommend, you know, daily self-care, finding a tool that really works for you and incorporating it into your daily fertility regime. Now, I'm expecting that you'll probably take in some, you know, supplements every day. You may, may well be doing a bit of fertility massage every day, going to your acupuncture appointments, whatever else you're doing. I would highly recommend incorporating some emotional self-care into your daily routine as well. Um, and we're going to talk about in a second how to do that. So how, what can we do with these three ways that we've gone through? Well, first of all, I would say to take from it what you want from these three three areas you know it might not be that it's all for you but some things might have been really triggering you and really resonating and you know make some notes and and decide what you want to take from that and then once you have some ideas about where you're going to work with your mindset to support your fertility it's a it's the next stage is to find a tool that will really support you and help you transform those aspects and you want something that's going to work effectively, um, but also work quite quickly, as I know that you know for many of us, time is an issue, and you don't want to be many months and years in therapy, so something that's effective but also quick working, and ideally a way that you can support yourself as well as working alongside a therapist. you know I think there's a benefit in both when you're looking at emotional. Um, well-being and emotional support it's absolutely a good idea to you know have professional support Uh, there's no doubt about it and there's times when um, you know nothing else will do other than to be able to share and you know have the other person who's not connected to your journey directly and can give that unbiased non-judgmental support when you most need it and also encourage you to you know go forward into that healing journey where sometimes when you're by yourself you know we, we sometimes hold ourselves back and we don't always go the full way into the areas that need the most support so professional support I would highly recommend 
But equally, I do think it's a good idea to have um, the tools literally at your fingertips, you know, for self-help, because you never know when you're going to need that emotional support and stress management reduction, you know, whatever it is. So if you can also learn tools to use by yourself, then that is really valuable. Um, And, you know, you feel more empowered. So much on this journey feels out of your control and handed over to others, doesn't it? You know, when you're working with clinics and so on. And if you can do something that takes back control, puts you back in charge of your emotional well-being, then that is a, a really powerful and wonderful place to be. So, And that's what I'd love for each and every one of you, which is why I have a free gift for you shortly, which I hope will give that gift to, to all of you. So the tool that I recommend um, is EFT. Now, this is a simple but very powerful technique. It can really be the catalyst to positive change in your fertility journey. Um, And as I said shortly, I'm going to give you an opportunity to learn EFT and to be able to start using it by yourself all completely free of charge. Um, We don't have time within these shorter presentations to learn that, but I'm going to give you another opportunity to, to hook into it and start using EFT. So what is EFT? Well, it stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. Um, Some people just hear EFT as called tapping or meridian tapping because EFT is based on the same energy system as acupuncture. So you may well have had acupuncture, a very popular um, therapy for fertility. And if you've had acupuncture, you may well have heard of the meridian um, energy system, which are literally lines of energy that run throughout the body and help um, our body to stay, our body and our mind to stay healthy and to energy to flow to each part of our body. Now, because this is a little bit of an abstract concept for many of us here in the West, you know, obviously in China, they've been working with the Chinese meridian system for 5,000 years plus. But, you know, here in the West, we, we can't always kind of understand, you know, that this energy system is there. It doesn't seem so real and tangible to us. So I like to think of the meridian system a bit like our body's electrical wiring system. So where in your house you have all your wires that run through the walls, through the ceiling, under the floors or wherever, uh, to help electricity run to every part of your house and keep your lights on and your appliances working and so on. We have our own internal wiring system, which is the meridian energy system that helps energy flow to each and every part of our body and keeps us healthy. And if we have any kind of negative emotion going on, something you know that isn't good for us, that doesn't serve us, doesn't benefit us, that negative emotion is caused by a disruption in the energy system. And that's the founding belief behind EFT and why EFT works so well. So what I mean by a disruption is, you know, imagine that house, it would be a bit like a power surge or a short circuit in the electric system. For us, that's like a power surge, short circuit in our body's energy system, something that is stopping the energy from flowing as well as it should. And you may feel that as, say, the negative emotion. You may also feel it as something quite tangible in your body, like a tightness in your chest or a knot in your stomach or tension in your shoulders. And once we can feel that and we recognize that negative feeling or emotion or physical feeling in our body, that is when we can apply EFT, which simply consists of tapping the end points of each of the main meridian lines. And these are points are all on the face, the upper body, and on the hands. And by tapping the ends of these points with our own fingertips, you're sending an impulse down each of the lines to rebalance that energy as we're in the moment of experiencing that challenge. And if we can get back to our most healthy energetic state, that also leads to us being into our most healthy emotional state. Um, So that's what EFT looks to do, really. We're not bringing in any kind of, you know, 
false feeling positive affirmations that are very difficult to take on when we're feeling negative we're actually just working with the negative feelings the negative thoughts and emotions rebalancing our body's response to it so we can instill our own natural healthy emotional response and that often is to look at things in a very rational way look at the facts for what they are so when we talked at the start about um you know, the beliefs that we hold on to, that often are beliefs from other people and other places, EFT can help really dissolve those beliefs and get rid of the ones that are totally irrelevant and you don't need anymore and bring you back to what your own truth is and your own um, your own rational way of looking at things. So you can focus on the facts, but you can also connect with a really strong resilience and inner strength, you know, the kind of thing that keeps us going when times are tough and keeps us motivated and quietly positive and optimistic and hopeful as well. Um, and that's what I see EFT do, EFT do every single day. You know, it's, it may sound too good to be true. I realize that, um, you know, that a simple tapping technique can really bring this kind of change. But what I would do is encourage you just to try it for yourself. Um, the change that happens for most people is amazing. Um, it does work quickly. Often within the very first session of using it, you will know whether EFT works for you or not. So it's not as if you have to dedicate you know, hours and hours of your time to discover if this works for you. You'd be able to find out very quickly. And if it does work for you, which it does in research studies work for around 85 to 95% of people, they're finding out with the latest research. So if you find out you're in that large proportion of people it does work for, then it's a matter of you using it in the right way um, on the right issues and also using it persistently enough to get the results that you want. Um, and literally then you can apply it to absolutely anything. And that's why I said I feel this is a really empowering technique, something that puts you back in control of your emotions when so much else is feeling out of control. Um, it's the one thing that I know I wouldn't want to be without. You know, you could pay me a million pounds and I would not give up EFT. It's, it really is a valuable tool that I want by my side at all times. And all the women and couples that I've taught this to, um, many of them take it on to really be, you know, their support by their side as well and they use it through their fertility journey but also beyond as well into their journey through parenthood and you know the rest of their life and any other challenges that come up. I hope you enjoyed listening to that talk and after the description at the end of what EFT is and how it can support the mind and emotions I'd love to give you a way to both learn how to do EFT and also receive some support in using it for fertility. And that is through a membership of the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. The paid level of membership has just closed this week to new members. However, you can still join on the free level, which is called BUD, and gives you everything you need to start using EFT and using it well. The free BUD membership of the Sanctuary acts as a waiting list too for when we next open the paid level called Blossom. So if you do become a free member now, you'll be the first to know when we open up the next level again. And in the meanwhile, you can still dive into using EFT and start supporting the whole emotional part of your fertility. You can join the sanctuary at fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary. Thank you for joining me today and I look forward to speaking with you again next week on the Fertile Mindset podcast. I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast and now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. 
The Sanctuary is my fertility support membership, which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the Sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping, and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the Sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset Podcast.